guys, welcome back to Universally University. This is the third episode. Unfortunately, today we don't have Dan. Dan is off gallivanting somewhere uh, in Liverpool, so uh, you are just left with me hosting. But I'd like to welcome on Charlie to the podcast today. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Hope everyone's well. <laughs> very polite, Charlie. Very, very polite. <laughs> Love that. Um, so last week... Um, in the episode, we talked about uh, the future. In the first episode, myself and Dan were kind of uh, reminiscing on the past. So um, today, uh, I'd like to talk about the present. It's really weird. It's gone in like a, in a non-chronological kind of thing. It's gone to the past, and then it's gone to the future, and then we're talking about the man in the middle now. But um, first off, to start the conversation, congratulations on getting your agent... Signing with an Thank agent. Thank you very much, Ray. Thank that's, you. That's fantastic. I mean, it's incredible to think that you're able to sign with it during lockdown as well, when, you know, opportunities are few and far between. Um, so, yeah, just talk me through how, how did that come about? Because, obviously, I, I couldn't even imagine someone getting an agent, particularly in these times when there's no opportunities around. Well, yeah, so like for the last three years, I've been building my showreel, mm. collecting footage from short films. It's kind of, it was like a, a long-term plan. I knew when I went into first year that I needed to do this for the next three years mm. to give myself a chance. Obviously, I couldn't predict coronavirus, but still going ahead, it's still the, it was still the same plan. So I built up a showreel for the last three years, mm. and then I just sent it out to agents with a cover letter, I managed to get myself on Spotlight, which is a big for a lot of agencies. Yeah, just sent it out and then uh, Pride of Performance got back to me and then the rest is the rest is history. That's his history. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing, bro. So how does that feel now that you're kind of you're on the stepladder for when obviously all of this kind of you know lifts, when this all lifts, how do you feel knowing that you're in that position now? The feeling must feel even better than to say you got it in normal circumstances because you did really well to get that show reel together and obviously you've had the plan in place. And like you said before, no one could predict the conditions that were going to be coming out and what we were going to be involved in when we left university. So is the feeling greater, do you think, that you got an agent during lockdown than, say, you would have had if you got an agent in normal conditions? I think either way, it's just a fantastic achievement and a thing to have because a lot of people fall at this hurdle so I think uh, regardless it's just um, yeah it's an amazing feeling I feel very lucky and very and I feel like humbled by it like it's lucky it's it's nice to know that hard work does pay off but now I've got more hard work to do and that real hard work starts now so yeah, yeah it's gonna be fun yeah, so for those of you um, listeners who don't know, uh, Charlie last night took part in Home Theatre in conjunction with Salford University's uh, Let's Spend the Night Together. Um, yeah, I'm which... three hours sleep, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if I don't make sense at any point, so I'm a bit <laughs> sleep deprived. <laughs> don't worry about it. I mean, it was a fantastic, um, it was a fantastic performance, let me, let me say. Um, Thank you. And it was very different as well, because I've heard this term going around a lot, lockdown theatre, because there have been some innovative, for God's sake, I, I messed this word up the last time, innovative, 
it never oh, for god's sake i'm trying to say it bro. yeah that one in innovative oh man <laughs> we know what you mean we know what you i'm mean. getting so much pressure in saying it now i feel like the moment i say this during this podcast series it's going to be a huge celebration but yeah everyone's coming up with these new creative ideas to try and entertain people um you know during lockdown so for you how was it during the rehearsal process and doing the piece of theater how did that feel for you just talk us through what it's been like to do that and it's do just been, so been yeah it's just been like mental to be honest like rehearsing of is like it's so weird not going into a rehearsal room so when you're in a rehearsal room the energies to bounce off each other Sounds it sounds like arty fighty, but it's true. There's like an energy, and like you bounce off ideas. So it's like recreating that over Zoom. It was it's quite difficult to do, but rehearsals. There were long rehearsals, but they were needed. And um, we, I think we really found that. I think we created something really special. It's not. It's about just going forward, trying new things. Like within anything, you've got to you've got to adapt to survive. So you need to change with the times and roll with what comes. And uh, yeah, James Monaghan, who's directed it and organised it, did an excellent job. I think it was a privilege to work with him. Yeah, I loved it. So just talk us, just talk us through it. Um, talk us through that whole piece and what, what the purpose was behind it. Who, was, who did it target, so to speak? Well, so it was Let's Spend the Night Together and the full premise is it's a summer solstice, like it was yesterday, so it's the shortest night of the year, mm. longest day of the year. And it was about just spending the night together and through many different, there's many different voices throughout the piece. Mm. I think there's around 30 performers in total. And it was about just in these unprecedented times where we're all, we're all stuck, we're all isolated. It's about thinking about the future and thinking about many different ways that our lives could pan out. I think it was just like, it was just good to like chat. It got so many people together in the time where everyone's been so isolated, getting so many people together in one room, creating, having fun. Yeah. I think that was like, it was an experiment and um, yeah, it was really interesting. And I think it went really well. And I think the audience enjoyed it. There's 11, 11 audience members who did the full 10 hours. So massive respect to them because yeah, that that's a slog. It's a slog mm. to watch performance for 10 hours. So, so for you, um, your slot started at two o'clock, I believe, didn't it? Yeah, my, my group cycle started at two, but my solo was at 5.20 in the morning. I was the last mm-hmm. soloist to go. Yeah, so, so I'm presuming in between that time, because I came on right when it started at nine o'clock and saw all of you, all the screens blacked out, and then the music came on, you know, there was a n- nice piano uh, accompaniment with that. And then you were all giving tours of your rooms muted and stuff like that. And I found that very um, powerful. But then you all went off. So I'm presuming at that moment you're all taking a rest and taking the rest that you needed to be ready. Or were you doing separate rehearsals at the same time? Well, it was up to the individual performer. Um, so Jim just said it's down to us. If we want to stay and watch, we can stay and watch. Or if we want to go and chill, we can go and chill. When it comes to performance, I just like, I like to zone out until it's the moment. So I, I, I did go, I went to go watch Match of the Day, just to take my mind off it. <laughs> and then I came back after Match of the Day, ready to go. And I like, this is how I work best. I need yeah. time away to yeah. get my head right first. And then 
I'll go in fresh. And um, I'm really looking forward to watching. It's going to be turning like a film version, like, mm. like a best bits. Like so, I'm really looking forward to watching that because I didn't I didn't miss quite a lot of the first the first cycle because I was just getting myself ready for my my yeah. bit. So it'll be really interesting to see that. But I've heard I saw in the group chat everyone was going wild about it. Mm. So. Yeah, they were. I, 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 yeah. It was really, really nice. It was a really nice thing to see. And it was a very, it was very different. It was a very different experience because obviously we've been used to seeing theatre live and stuff like that. And we've never had a situation like this in our lifetime. No one has had a situation like this in their lifetime. Um, so because of everything that's going on and because there isn't a sense of our normality, a normality that we used to know i say used to know because the last normality that we had was probably a good few months ago now um so during that time how have you been developing your your skills as an actor have you been developing them because i think what people who are listening to this would like to know is how have you been developing as an actor preparing yourself because obviously I know you, you you know you want to go into acting as a profession so how have you pushed to achieve that goal when the normal ways that we would have thought would have been open to us have all been shut down temporarily so first of all I just want to say like people I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talk about this um it's okay to do nothing during lockdown just because I've done stuff doesn't doesn't make other feel like other people they like that they have to. I just want to get that disclaimer out there first. It's mm. perfectly acceptable to do nothing because there's not right or wrong way to handle this situation. Mm. We've never been in it before. There's yeah. no right or wrong way of doing it. Completely. But I'm I'm a workaholic, so I have been doing a bit. So um, I've been working on accents. Well, I've been doing some accent classes, just just like the like the standard ones, the ones that are most marketable so i've done like rp because mm. as you can tell by my accent i'm not i've not got an rp accent um i've done a, a general like a general american and i'm trying to get a cockney accent down mm. to just do for something different because all my accents at the minute are like a northern so it'd be nice yeah. to ha- increase that range um to be honest with you i've just been i've been doing a lot of reading uh, re- books I probably and now I've read I wish I read at uni when I was told to read them at uni <laughs> what um, I mean what time this could be a very vague description I mean have you been reading books on Vikings have you actually been reading non-fiction books I mean I read Stanislavski been... and the actor I actually read page to page Stanislavski and the actor oh no an actor prepares Stanislavski I read that page to page bearing in mind that you were meant to read that for first year, page to page. Yeah. You're about three years late for that, but I mean, that's fantastic. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I've just been, I've been doing a lot of reading. I've actually really enjoyed it. I have actually bought a Viking mythology book, but I've not read that one yet. <laughs> I, ordered that a few, I ordered that a few days ago. I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, I mean, to, yeah. I mean, to be fair, my reading list consists of, finishing the second book of game of thrones which funnily enough i actually was still had started at the start of university but never got around to it it's 800 pages so like every so often i read like two three chapters a month but now i've been like reading through and i've plowed through over half of it now 
in like the last few months. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose it's just it's, nice to have yeah. have the time to just like sit down and just mm. you know what I'm actually going to read this book. Yeah, and I've been just I've just been doing like so people who go to university, everyone's different, but you get given a big reading list, and mm. 99.9% of people don't read these lists. So I decided to know what. I'm going to actually read a few of these books now I've got the time. Yeah, I've actually really enjoyed it, to be fair. That's good. That's really good. I mean, I'm not sure. I, th- I think you might know this, um, but this week, uh, the one just gone, was the week where everyone who had offers from universities, this was the week where they had to accept them. They had to choose whether they were going or whether they were not. Um, and last week, myself, Dan, and Shannon we talked about the future of theatre after the, after the pandemic, where, where is it going to go? So I wonder if we can bring the discussion now to this, because I actually here have a letter to um, Boris Johnson that was written and signed by loads and loads of actors, actresses, playwrights, directors. There's at least four or five pages worth of names here. But um, I'll, read, I'll read the letter out and then we can have a little bit of discussion about it. So it goes like this. Dear Sirs, we are concerned that British theatre is on the brink of ruin. Theatre is one of the UK's most dazzling success stories. In all its forms, whether drama, musical theatre, opera or dance, British theatre is a world-class cultural and economic force with productions filling venues from Broadway to Beijing. The pandemic has brought theatre to its knees. Theatres do not have the money to operate viably with physical distancing. It is difficult to see venues opening before the end of the year. Research by UK Theatre, Society of London Theatre, suggests 70% of theatres will run out of money by the end of 2020. For many, it will be sooner. Four theatres have already gone into administration, and we are concerned that the number will soon rise dramatically. Culture and creativity is playing such an important part in helping the entire nation through these difficult times. It will play a crucial role as we emerge from the crisis. It is difficult to underestimate the importance of theatre and storytelling to our national identity. More people see a theatre show each year than attend all league football matches in the whole of the UK. We call on the government to urgently consider the submission from UK theatre calling for moves to sustain the workforce, support theatre recovery, and safeguard the future of the theatre industry through an emergency relief fund and the creation of a new cultural investment participation scheme for the sector from government and national pledge for culture. And that's where it ends. So obviously we've heard how threatened the industry is in the current climate. Um, And yeah, so what's your opinion on what is going on at the moment to theatre and where is the pandemic leaving it at the moment? First, I just can't believe that it's more people go to theatre than football games. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I saw know that, that part and I was, I saw that part and I was a bit, I was a bit taken aback. I was like, really? But you can understand it because I believe that, um, I think I saw a stat the other day that said that um, theatre and the culture and, and culture um, it contributes a large amount to the British economy each year. So I can kind of believe that now, thinking about it. I think 
oh, I think theatre is so important, and it's it's just it's such a shame. Just I hope I think I think the government will will support it. Hmm. Well, I, I don't oh, I don't even actually think that. I think I'm just hoping that they do support it. I think it's just such a shame. Like even from the small scale venues to the large scale, it's like it's just about telling people's stories and letting people's voices be heard and just letting people escape escape life for like an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. I think I think it's just something that if it does go, I think people will truly appreciate how much it did contribute to their life. I think it might become quite regional for the next three years, the next few years. Theatre, certainly. Yeah. I think like if if Corona comes back, if we get a second wave, travelling's going to be very well. If it gets a second wave, it's going to they're going to struggle massively. But mm-hmm. I think theatre in general, like due to like travel restrictions and stuff like that, will become quite quite regionalised. Yeah, which I think might help tell stories of like certain areas and things like that. I think it will survive, even if it does crumble. There'll always be people who want it eventually. Like people will, it will come back. Mm. It ha- it has to come back. There's too many people that care about it. It'll come back. Yeah. It's just about. Mm, yeah. 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 Sorry. Carry on. Yeah, I don't really know where I'm going. I don't really know where I'm going with it. I don't. I can't remember what, what your question was. So it's just. Question was just you know we're, we're obviously we're entering entering this discussion about what we think is going to happen to theatre following this pandemic, but at the moment you know because we can't see a way we're struggling to see a way for theatre to survive because obviously it costs for them. I read um, in another article that it actually it does cost for them to keep them shut down. You know it costs masses and masses amounts of money for them to stay closed so that's where all the money is draining from because you think to yourself right they're not using the theatres so why are they still you know paying for bills and stuff like that if it's just not being used that's just it's it's just unbelievable and I think so the question the overall question I'm thinking of is where do you think or what do you think well let me start that again what do you think will happen to theatre following the pandemic where do you think it's going to end up when this does eventually end because surely there is an ending in sight for a lot of for a lot of it now but with the situation that we're in at the moment and the possible and the possibility again of a second wave but also the the fear the wave of fear that is created by coronavirus particularly with the two meter distancing etc etc where does the future for theatres lie? Hopefully it lies again on the stage with a full audience. Hopefully that's what we get back to. But I think for the foreseeable future, we'll see a lot of stuff like, for example, what I was doing last night. Mm. I think what's amazing about the theatre industry is everyone's so creative and everyone thinks of different alternatives and people are trying to think, I think it'll become a lot more experimental mm. because we have to be experimental at the minute because it's never happened before. Yeah. So everything we're trying is experimental. It's new. It's never mm. been done before. So I, yeah, I just, I think we will get back to eventually yeah, mm. a stage and a crowd. 
But I feel like for the foreseeable future, it's going to be a lot of stuff online, a lot of like Zoom, like Zoom players. But I don't think theatre will never die. It, it will never mm. die. There's too many people that care. There's too many creative people. Mm. And there's too many people that can get a ways around this and can like still entertain people from yeah. from their house to the like from their household to another household. Mm. So yeah, I think theatre will bounce back. It will bounce back. I think it'll just take a few years. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I think I remember seeing as well, you took part in another lockdown film, I think, written by Jason Gregg. Am I correct? Um I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't in that. I was just in the start. I wasn't like a character in that. But I am doing a, a lockdown web series mm. called Fowler's Fair, and I'm, I'm not there. Very nice. Very nice. When's so that, that, that? When's that all coming out? Well, the IMBD page is live, so <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be coming out soon. I think it'll be coming out soon. The first three, four episodes have been recorded, mm. and edit, like, they're just getting edited now, and then. We're doing five, six, and seven. Yeah. In the next few weeks. Mm. So I think I don't think it'll be too long till that series out. All the promotional stuff's out, like the posters, the pages. Mm. So I don't think it'll be too long until until that's out. Lovely stuff. Lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. So yeah, I mean, when you, I know you're in the start of that lockdown film with Jason Gregg, but. Do you know what it was all about and stuff like that? Like, did Jason tell you any of what it was about? Um, well, I auditioned for it and I didn't get <laughs> in the actual thing. So, <laughs> oh. when, I, when I did get in it, I, I, I didn't read the rest of it. I, I was like, it's, <laughs> it's, part, it's part of the job. You, you audition, yeah. you don't get in. You audition, you don't get in. Yeah. There's, a mil- there's a million more no's than there's yeses. Mm-hmm. And that's just... That's just part of the business. It's, it's just it's what it is. What it is. Mm. Um, but no, the the project seems to have done really, really well. So that's that's it's great. I've seen Jason's been posting about it a lot. Mm. I think it was about from memory from the audition script. I think it was about a, like a family who were all meeting on lockdown for the first time in a while. Oh wow! Oh, like that's... I think it's a brother, a sister, and grandparents. And they were calling each other for the first time in a long time. I think that was the premise. Mm. But I'd I'd be lying if I went into detail because I, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I'll tell you what I've been doing during um, during lockdown. I've actually been learning a bit of German. Nice. Been learning on German. So um, I think because me and Charlie actually, um, for those of you who are listening, this time in normal circumstances we would have been in italy we would have been in italy we would have been watching in rome right now we would have been in rome watching italy versus wales uh today and uh, then we would have been flying out to london tomorrow um so a lot of things have actually changed for both myself and um charlie but yeah i've been learning some german uh because duolingo do a free do do offer these free lessons and stuff like that and um they it teaches you a lot of things and part of the fact i'm learning german is because i want to learn another language but also gives me an opportunity to get the hell out of this country um if the opportunity if i'm seeing the move move. i'm 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 thinking about it 
I'm, I'm genuinely thinking about it, you know. Um, I think I was looking at um, possible opportunities for what I wanted to go into and what I'd love to go into is graduate schemes. Like, I'd love to be a producer. Um, as I said last week, I'd love to be a producer or a researcher in TV and film. Um, but the opportunities at the moment are few and far between. So at the moment, it's just looking to do something different and looking to see whether there's a possible new life if I learned a bit of German and then maybe moved out to Germany or somewhere else. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But yeah, that's what I've been doing to further my skills, I suppose. No. But yeah. I'm off I'm off all languages. Oh yeah. I can you know? I can barely speak English. I can barely speak English. You you can barely speak well. I'm you... joking. No, I'm <laughs> oh, no, I I can. But um, yeah, language languages I'm, I wish I really wish I was good at languages. Oh. I mean, you're good in northern accents. Do you count those as uh, languages? It's not as... a language. It's not a language. It's not a language, but I remember reading somewhere that uh weren't York making themselves their own country, or was that Cornwall? That I'm thinking uh, of. Cornwall. Cornwall. Yeah. Wasn't it York as well? I remember you saying a few um No, there, there was a Yorkshire Independent Party. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking yeah. about. The Yorkshire Independent Party. Why Kip? Why Kip? <laughs> God. God. But yeah, it's um it's a horrible situation, isn't it, that we're in at the moment? It is, yeah, but you just got to make the most of it and handle it how you see fit. Like, if you just want to watch Netflix all day, that's what gets you through, that's what gets you through. Mm. Like, I think what, like, social media has been bad for at the minute is you go online and you see, like, everyone. I had, I had my coffee at seven, my workout at eight, mm. read my book at nine. And I think, like, yeah, I think it's just important to remember that. That's, that's it's not it's not true. Like it might be true for them, and that's brilliant because that's what gets them through it. But it's like there's not that pressure to do anything. Mm. If you come out of lockdown and you haven't done anything, that's fine. Like you've got out of lockdown, that's what's important. You've got yeah. through Corona. Mm. That's the main thing. That's the main thing, isn't it? Well, anyway, Charlie, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. I know it's been a very short one. Uh, I suppose in some way we can let you get back to uh, to sleep now. Oh, I'm trying to stay up because I don't want to get. I don't want to be like get jet lag. <laughs> I don't know. I was just describing. I don't want to get jet, jet lag. lag so you, just... you, you don't want to get jet lag. Well, not really. Well, I don't know how <laughs> else to describe it. My sleeping I mean, pattern's going to be out. It's going to be out of sync massively. So I just call it jet lag. So I mean, like, to be I fair, to be fair, I actually remember when um, just before we go, I remember last year when I was a supporting artist on Emmerdale and I was doing a night shoot. And that I didn't get any sleep the day before. Um, I left, it was shooting in Leeds. So I left Salford at three in the afternoon, got the train to Leeds for about five, six. Then it went through all the way through the night and they actually handled it really, really well because what they had was they set out like it was just a normal day. So they gave you breakfast at the start at say six, seven o'clock. And then they gave you your lunch which was like a full meal. Like I chose lasagna and it was the best lasagna I'd ever had. And then they offered you like a very, very small supper of like small sandwiches and penguin biscuits and stuff like that. And then I got back um, 
into Manchester at half seven, flopped on the bed, went straight to sleep. I didn't get up again until I'd say half four that afternoon. And so then that's I'd... the issue when you fall asleep. But then no, I I'm, did... I'm going to brave it and stay up. But the thing is, I did stay up the rest of the time, but I was so tired and not used to it that I went back to bed at 10 o'clock and I, and I had another full sleep, which got me back into my normal pattern. So, so you not, have you had any sleep all day? Have you just not? I had three hours. I went to bed at half seven. I woke, well, woke up at half ten. I had, three, I had three hours. I'm going to, yeah, bring the rest of the day out. I'll watch the football. Uh, that'll keep me awake. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Anyway, thank you, Charlie, for very much for coming on. Really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem whatsoever. Anyway, guys, we will see you next week. Hopefully, Dan will return from the clutches of Liverpool uh, by next week. We will wait and see. Until then, guys, adios.